fanatics podcast um and welcome to fanatics football i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate what's up man so all right in today's episode of fanatics football we're just going to cover some of the top free agent signings uh, uh this week in the nfl uh we'll just go through some of the news uh, some of the the contracts and we'll sort of discuss our opinions on them uh based on their value to the teams and then in the next um, half of the episode, we'll just sort of bring our top 12 uh, quarterback rankings heading into the 2021 fantasy season uh, for half PPR. So, uh, Nate, let's just hop right into it. Uh, let's just get into some of the signings uh, for the week. Uh, let's start off with one team that just made a bunch of big splashes, and that is my New England Patriots. Uh, I'm really happy that they they actually went out and did something this year. I know normally... Uh, Bill Belichick's very conservative when it comes to contracts, but I guess with the cap space, they just decided to go crazy this year. That's what it looks like. Uh, let's just go through some of the signings and then we can sort of talk about them. First off, they uh, re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal of around uh, $13.6 million. Of course, uh, there's a base value to that. Then there's incentives to build off of that based on based on what he does in the season. Um and then uh, just looking at some of the other signings, they signed tight end Hunter Henry to a three-year, $37.5 million contract. They signed Jonu Smith to a four-year, $50 million deal, so two tight ends there. Um, and then they brought in a wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, a two-year, $26 million deal. Um, they also brought in um, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne on a three-year deal of $22.5 million. Uh, and then they, they traded uh, the Las Vegas Raiders for offensive tackle Trent Brown. Um, and then they brought in some defensive players as well. Um, they brought back uh, linebacker Kyle Van Noy, which we predicted last podcast. They brought in linebacker Matt Judon um, from the Ravens on a four-year $56 million deal. Um, they brought in safety Jalen Mills, um, and we found out why today they brought him in as uh, Patrick Chung announced his retirement. So Mills is most likely going to be his replacement at safety. They brought in um, cornerback Justin Bethel, um, defensive lineman Henry Anderson, defensive tackle uh, Davon Godshow. Um, uh, they re-signed Dietrich Wise, and then they made a few other small moves, but that's basically the sum of everything they did in free agency, I just want to get your thoughts on maybe like a couple of the players, two or three of the players, maybe just your general outlook on everything the Patriots did. Um, I think the signings are pretty good generally. I think uh, Hunter Henry is going to be pretty good on the Patriots because he did do pretty well with the Chargers last year. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, I know we on, on this show, we call him Triple H. <laughs> So I think Triple H will come through uh, for the Patriots. And I actually like Johnny Smith as well. Um, he's just so athletic. Um, I believe he was top five this year in, in touchdowns uh, for tight ends. So he played really well. Um, and then I guess just looking at some of the other players, I know Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne aren't like top wide receivers, but they're definitely guys they can sort of, you know, like I guess Belichick's type of guys, guys you can put in there 
Um, they might not have big names, but, um, you know, they, they can still produce in the system. And I, I like that. Um, I, I definitely like Matt Judon coming in. Um, he would always get loads of sacks for the Ravens. He was one of their best defensive players uh, bringing him in. Um, I think solves sort of the issue the Patriots had last year with not being able to generate enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And they were just pretty much able to do whatever they wanted. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on just um, the signings or maybe the impact on the Patriots? Um, I guess just kind of like what you said, the defense is going to be a bit better. So I guess I'm expecting kind of a more well-rounded Patriots team. Yeah, I'm definitely expecting that as well. Um, and I guess just moving into um, speaking of a well-rounded team, we can talk about your Cleveland Browns. Uh, just some of the moves that they made. Uh, they bring in safety John Johnson, signing a three-year, $33.75 million deal. Um, they re-signed Malcolm Smith, uh, Rashard Higgins, and then they bring in uh, defensive end, uh, I better not butcher this, uh, Takaris McKinley. I think that's how you say his name. But yeah, yeah. Um, he signed a one-year, $4 million deal. So some small moves from the Browns sort of addressing areas uh, of need. And um, just what do you think of the overall, um, I, I guess, uh, signings uh, for the Cleveland Browns? Um, I kind of like Richard Higgins. I think he did pretty well uh, last season. Um, I also kind of, um, I guess I, I like that they're, I guess, getting players that kind of uh, put more pressure on the quarterbacks, which is good because the Browns did have – uh, they did pretty well in that, so just increasing that even more is going to be, I guess, fairly important. But I guess I kind of wanted them to sign another quarterback because I guess Denzel Ward was kind of our best quarterback. So if we can get, I mean, cornerback. So if we get someone who's kind of maybe not, they're not going to be as good as Denzel Ward is, but like kind of they have kind of like a similar ability to him. It kind of puts more uh, pressure off of him. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I believe John Johnson was a good signing at safety. Um, he's probably addressed that issue that the Browns had where they weren't covering the middle of the field as well. I know in that game against the Ravens, it was really exposed. Um, so I, I think that definitely addressed one of the issues they did have on defense. And then, like you said, it's just about generating pressure. I think the Browns do a good job of that already. We saw uh, with how much pressure Mahomes was under when he did play against the Browns in the playoffs. So I, I don't think the Browns are a team that we can really sleep on anymore on defense. No, I think they're going to be pretty decent now. Yeah. And uh, speaking of a decent deal, um, just looking at the Green Bay Packers, they bring back running back Aaron Jones. He signed a four-year contract worth $48 million. It includes a $13 million signing bonus. Um, I like this move. I know you probably like this move. What are your thoughts on, on Aaron Jones getting re-signed by the Packers? I mean, the Packers are going to be a deep playoff team again, probably. Yeah, that's about... All we can say, he's just he was just so good this year. I know we talked about him in our running back rankings. I had him in my top 10. I know you had him in your top 10. Uh, I feel like he can do everything on the field. 
Um, I, he's not a one-dimensional back. Um, he can really, uh, I guess, move around and just do uh, different things on the field. And I think Green Bay saw that, and they didn't want to let him go. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's good because he kind of um, gives the Green Bay Packers more more depth. Um, it's not just completely dependent on Aaron Rodgers carrying the team, which is always a good thing. Yeah, speaking of depth, uh, Tampa Bay, I don't know how they're keeping their team. You know, we talked about Godwin and Levante David coming back on the last episode. Now they brought back both Gronk and Shaq Barrett uh, on uh, deals. Gronk, they brought him back for a one-year $8 million deal. And for Shaq Barrett, they got him on a four-year $68 million deal. $36 million of that is fully guaranteed. Um, and yeah, that, that it's amazing how they've just been able to keep their entire team that's just they have insane depth now yeah they must be using some like wrestlemania money to get this so they literally have turned the salary cap off at this point yeah. <laughs> like like literally like i don't even know how they're they're doing this this is just insane but yeah this this team is gonna just look at making another run for the super bowl and i don't think there's anything that we can do about that at this point I mean, they could repeat. I know they're they're just too deep. They're pretty much bringing back everybody. Everyone's restructuring their contracts to keep the entire team. It's just they really want to run this back, and I can't blame them. They have such a good team. Yeah, I mean, if you just won the Super Bowl, you're obviously gonna want to go for another one. Yeah, and uh, speaking of someone that wants to go for a Super Bowl, um, AJ Green wide receiver from the Bengals has agreed to a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals uh, for around $6 million. I know we talked about JJ Watt wanting to go to the Cardinals, thinking that they're a team that's going to win. Now we have AJ Green heading over there. That really um, makes the depth of the Cardinals receiving core a lot better. Um, He'll join the likes of guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. So it's pretty solid core right there. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, they're just a pretty solid team in general. Um, I guess they were just missing, I guess, other uh, really good wide receivers. So now they're, I guess, getting more, which is, again, a good thing. And then uh, just looking at another team in that division, the San Francisco 49ers signed uh, quite a few players here. They re-signed fullback Kyle Juszczyk on a five-year deal around $27 million dollars. Um, offensive tackle Trent Williams, one of the bigger free agents. They were actually able to bring him back on a six-year, $138 million deal. That's crazy. $30.1 million of that is signing bonus, and 55.1 is fully guaranteed. So they really just went out and just spent money on Williams. They really believe that he can protect the quarterback. And they also brought in center Alex Mack. I I remember him from the Falcons. He was a very good center. Uh, He made the Pro Bowl uh, before, so he was very good. Uh, They brought back Emmanuel Mosley, who was a solid cornerback. Two years, 10.1 million. And they also brought in Jason uh, Ferret as a cornerback as well. Um, so I guess the San Francisco team, I know they're going to be getting back their injured players and now they've just made their team more deep. What do you think about this 49ers team? I mean, we did see them in the Super Bowl before the last season. 
So they're, they are another potentially um, deep playoff team. But I guess just in general, that entire division is like, I think that's going to be the deepest division in the league this year. Yeah, um, assuming that, you know, all the teams um, are, are just healthy. I know, I know uh, what happened with the 49ers last year made them a little less competitive. But assuming all the teams are healthy, yeah, I can totally agree with you. That division will be very competitive. Yeah, for sure. And then just moving into some of the other signings, uh, the Saints bring back quarterback Jameis Winston. Um, it was a one-year deal. Again, uh, it's $5.5 million um, and uh, $12.5 million with incentives. So uh, a pretty nice deal he did get from the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. Does this mean he's the starter? Does it mean Taysom Hill's the starter? Uh, what do you think about this signing? I'm actually not sure if Taysom Hill is going to be the starter over Jameis Winston. It, like, it could be one or the other. We just have to see at this point. Yeah, I think just at this point, um, Winston, I mean, he he can – we know he can throw. I know he led the league two years ago in passing yards. Um, he had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. That second number is kind of disturbing. But um, other than that, I mean, the guy can play, like, no doubt about it. I mean, we saw Taysom Hill's also able to play. He got some victories for the Saints last year as well. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, the coaches are going to make a decision of who they want to replace Drew Brees. And I guess um, I feel like Sean Payton will make the right decision. It seems like he always has done that, and the Saints have always benefited from his leadership. Yeah, I mean, the Saints are still a good team, so it's not like there's any, like, extremely difficult decisions or there's any, like, serious holes that they have to address, I don't think. Yeah, um, I guess just speaking of a team that has a lot of holes to address, um, the Minnesota Vikings, they brought in cornerback Patrick Peterson to a one-year $10 million contract. Uh, we saw how bad their secondary was. They were getting torched last year by, uh, I guess, guys like Aaron Rodgers. They were getting torched by uh, numerous other uh, quarterbacks. Um, so Patrick Peterson, I mean, this guy has been a Pro Bowl player many years in his career. Uh, is a solid addition for them. I guess just on the defense in general, I, I mean, they addressed a few other um, positions, uh, not a lot of big names, obviously, um, but um, Peterson's definitely a guy that I can see being a big playmaker on that defense. And I think the only way the Vikings will even have a chance of getting back to the playoffs, I think their offense is okay. They just got to really improve on their defense. Yeah, that's probably going to be the biggest bang for their buck at this point. Yeah, um, and I guess going to another team in the division, uh, the Chicago Bears have signed quarterback Andy Dalton to a one-year $10 million deal. Uh, he can get up to $13 million with incentives. So um, I don't know, is, is this sort of a move to address their starting quarterback issue, or are they just going to move him later for another quarterback? I don't know. What's your opinion on this signing? I don't feel like this kind of addresses their starting quarterback issue because in my opinion, um, red horse isn't that much better than the dark horse. So I think mid season, they're probably still going to have to go for someone. Yeah. At this point, I don't think um, Mr. NVP Nickelodeon, most valuable player, Mitch Trubisky is coming back. So 
Um, I think it's going to, well, I guess as of right now, it's going to be Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. They're probably just going to compete for the starting job. Uh, I mean, that's decent. That's not ideal. I mean, they brought back Allen Robinson. I know we talked about that last week. And I mean, he definitely wanted, I guess, uh, a competent quarterback. You know, he hasn't played with one in his whole career. He's played with guys like, uh, I mean, Blake Bortles. Uh, he's played with like Trubisky, Foles. Like, you know, he's kind of, he hasn't really had that big name quarterback to sort of, I guess, just give him those throws that he can really like, like, that are really right in his wheelhouse, you know, right in, in his mailbox kind of thing. He, he's had to really stretch out. He's, he's really had to play, uh, I guess, at another level just to get like basic production at this point. And uh, he knows he can be a top five receiver in this league. A lot of us know that he can be a top five receiver in this league. It's just like, I mean, he has a talent to do it. He just needs to sort of the surrounding cast around him to sort of bring that out of him. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. It's like he's doing everything, so now it's just on the rest of the team to kind of help him. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, and speaking of one of the teams that's made a lot of moves, they're on offense. Let's go to the Washington football team. Uh, they signed quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year $10 million deal. You can get up to $12 million on that in, in incentives. And um, they signed running back Lamar Miller to a one-year deal. Um Curtis Samuel signed a three-year deal, $34.5 million. Um, so just by looking at some of these moves, uh, do you think that uh, the, I know the Washington football team solid on defense last year, no question about it. Offense was sort of where they struggled. Do you think this might address some of the issues they've had on offense? Um, I guess we'll just have to I'll wait and see. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was pretty good with, um, the Dolphins and the Dolphins did uh, pretty well last season. So I guess we'll have to see whether he kind of brings that to the Washington football team. And uh, I heard that bo uh, both Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin were uh, college roommates. So um, they're definitely, uh, I think that really impacted why Curtis Samuel signed with the Washington football team. So he could play with Terry McLaurin. So I guess it's good to see players wanting to go to Washington. I know a lot of times uh, people said that, oh, Washington was kind of a place where uh, people didn't really want to go. Uh, they didn't like the culture there. Whatever the issue was, it seems like they've turned that around. seems like this is a team that people can go to and say this team actually has a chance to not only make the playoffs, but have a chance to compete in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a good sign for any team. Yeah, and um, speaking of massive change on teams, uh, let's just look at the Vegas Raiders right now. Um, a bunch of contracts handed out like we've seen them do most years. I know they bring back um, offensive linemen, both Richie Incognito and uh, Denzel Good on deals because I know they cut a bunch of offensive linemen. They traded Trent Brown to the Patriots, so they really needed to bring some guys back, so they did. Then they signed wide receiver John Brown from the Buffalo Bills, a one-year $3.75 million deal. Um, and then they added a bunch of guys on defense. They actually made some good signings here. Yannick Ngakwe, they signed, uh, two years, $26 million. Um, Jonathan Hankins, um, one year, $3.5 million. Quinton Jefferson, um, they don't have the details on his deal yet. Um, Solomon Thomas, one year, $5 million. And Nicholas Morrow, one year, $5 million. So these five names are all in the front seven 
um, on defense. So they really addressed both their line and their linebackers, um, as well addressing the offensive line and adding a wide receiver in John Brown. I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of these Raiders moves here? Um, I think it's a good start. Um, it, it addresses, I guess, a lot of, I guess, problems that they've had, but I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to kind of um, put them over the Chargers or the Chiefs. Yeah, I know that uh, those two teams are really uh, trending in the right direction. And I guess speaking of a, of the Chiefs, um, everyone complained in the Super Bowl that they couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes. And then uh, right before uh, free agency, they just start cutting some of their offensive linemen. Everyone's like, what's going on? But I guess the Chiefs had a plan like they always do. They signed both um, guards, Kyle Long, who just came out of retirement, and Joe Tooney, both um, to uh, good deals. I know Tooney's contract is here, five years, $80 million. Um, I really love Joe Tooney when he was with the Patriots. Um, and then I also remember how Kyle Long played when he was with the Chicago Bears. So they're both solid offensive linemen. I know Mahomes... We talked about them having him having trouble um, just getting protected when he was in the pocket. Uh, the pressure was just enormous from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So do you think Kansas City's really addressed some of their issues on the, the offensive line? Or, um, I don't know, do you think they maybe need to sign one more piece? So just what are your thoughts? I, I really like these two signings. I like these two signings as well. Um, I'm kind of hoping they can kind of sign another offensive lineman just kind of somewhere i guess somewhere that's like kind of um they're good but they're also their contracts also not very expensive just in case um they have another situation where they're thin on a offensive lineman because someone got injured again yeah i believe um they're asking travis kelsey to restructure his contract uh, maybe they could bring in, I know they signed a couple guards. Maybe they could bring in a tackle. They could bring in a center. Um, that might be possible. Uh, I'm not sure um, all of the names they have on their depth chart at those positions. So I guess that's just definitely something to look out for. And uh, I just, I guess just moving on to the Tennessee Titans, they made a number of signings this week. Uh, they signed defensive end Danico Autry um, from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was a solid defensive end. He generated a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, they signed linebacker Bud Dupree uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a Pro Bowl level player. And um, when he uh, did get his season ending injury, that time the Steelers were undefeated. And then they started taking losses after that. It might not have correlated to him getting injured, but he was one of the main pieces there. He's a solid player. Um, they signed cornerback Janoris Jenkins from the New Orleans Saints. Um, and then they uh, brought back tight end Anthony Ferkser. Um, and then they signed tight end uh, Jeff Swaim. So uh, I guess those guys will sort of replace what John Smith brought to the Titans. I guess just overall, what are your thoughts on maybe, uh, maybe all of the signings, maybe one of these signings, a couple of them? Uh, what do you think the Titans are doing here? Um, I think the Titans are, they're just going to be a good team overall. I think they, they could be the best in their, uh, division, but we'll have to see because the, the Colts, um, did sign once. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, I think 
the Titans' main issue was, I guess, just generating pressure uh, on defense. They signed Danico Autry, who's always had good sack production for the Colts. Um, Bud Dupree, a huge number of sacks last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, all that line pressure, they're sort of addressing their areas of need, obviously bringing in some tight ends to sort of fill the need there. Um yeah, and I guess a cornerback, they bring in Jenkins. He replaces Malcolm Butler, who they cut last week. So I, I guess they're pretty much just addressing all their needs at this point. Yeah, I guess they're just trying to kind of round round out the roster, make sure there's no serious problems, which I think is, again, good because they were, I think they're like a playoff level team potentially. So this definitely kind of increases their chances even more. All right, and speaking of one of the players the Titans did lose, um, wide receiver Corey Davis went to the New York Jets. He signed a three-year, $37.5 million contract. So great on Corey Davis for that. Um, I think at this point, he's pretty much their best receiver. Um, I I know they have Denzel Mims developing there and and others like Jameson Crowder and so on they have on that team. But I, I think Corey Davis goes in there as the best receiver. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, um, he's definitely a, a playmaker for that team now. Um, yeah, I think that the Jets, they, they're going to draft a lot of players this year. Um, I think they're really going to improve. I don't think they're going to be that two-win team that we saw them as last year. I think they went with like no wins for like the majority of the season. They got a couple at the end there. But uh, I could definitely see them at, at around four wins or so. Uh, maybe even more than that, depending on on how well they they build up their team. Yeah, I think they're um, making some good improvements. So hopefully we'll be able to see a Jets team that's kind of, I guess, I I don't think they're going to necessarily be, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I guess good enough to make a lot of upset teams. And I guess... Yeah, hopefully we're going to see a lot of improvement. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. Um, Speaking of a team that's clearly made a lot of improvement, uh, the Houston Texans, they just brought in a whole leap of players. I'll just go through some of the main ones here. They signed quarterback Tyrod Taylor um, to a deal that could be worth up to $12.5 million. Uh, It's a one-year deal. They bring in running back Mark Ingram from the Ravens, a one-year deal. that has around $3 million. They bring in wide receiver Andre Roberts, a two-year deal worth around $5.95 million. $5.95 million sorry. They bring in uh, offensive tackle Marcus Cannon uh, in a trade with the Patriots. Um, they bring in defensive end Shaq Lawson in a trade with the Miami Dolphins. So um, they're bringing in some solid players here. Um, they re-signed Vernon Hargraves. Um, they signed Terrence Brooks, uh, safety. Um, there's just a number of names here. Um, I won't cover all of them. I guess just maybe what are your thoughts on some of these signings here for the, the Texans there? Some of them are depth signings. Some of them are like main signings. I just, what are your thoughts? Um, it's a lot of signings. Um, I'm kind of wondering, um, whether or not they're going to re-sign Deshaun Watson. I know he wanted to leave, but. I'm wondering, um, I guess, is Tyrod Taylor supposed to be his replacement then? 
I think it's not a matter of re-signing him. I believe he just signed his contract last season, um, which is kind of weird that he would sign a multi-year deal to stay in Houston and then now say that he doesn't want to play there anymore. Uh, It feels kind of weird why he would do something like that. But yeah, I think Tyrod Taylor, what this is, this is a backup plan. So if for some reason Watson either holds out, because apparently they don't want to trade him. So if, if Watson holds out, then they have a backup option in Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod can move around in the pocket, not as good as Watson, obviously, but similar to Watson can sort of play a similar offense. So you need a guy that can sort of, I guess, just fill in. And Tyrod seems to be that kind of guy. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess like with Watson, again, there's a potential that this could be uh, the best team in the division. But if there's a case where um, Tyrod has to take over, I'm not really too sure on how. The, they might even be lower than the Jaguars if, if yeah. that happens. Yeah. Um, Because the Jaguars, um, let's get to them now. They've really been um, just adding pieces. Like, my goodness, just look at this list. Uh, Let me go through it. Um, They signed running back Carlos Hyde, two years, $6 million. Signed wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Uh, They signed wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. from the Detroit Lions. Um, Wow, they signed uh, offensive tackle Cam Robinson, um, Tyler Shatley, um, they signed uh, a whole leap of players here. Let me go to some of the main ones. Malcolm Brown, uh, it, they got him in a trade with the New Orleans Saints. Um, they signed uh, Shaq Griffin at cornerback from um, the Seattle Seahawks. He signed a three-year, $44.5 million deal with the Jaguars. Big signing. They also signed a uh, safety Rayshon Jenkins to a four-year, $35 million contract. And yeah, they just brought in a whole bunch of players. Um they're drafting first overall this year. It looks like they'll be taking Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. I mean, they've really rebuilt this team. Yeah, this looks like a pretty successful rebuild. It's like um, this division is actually looking really competitive now. Yeah, I'm definitely liking what the Jaguars have done here. Um, I guess maybe they weren't completely sold on James Robinson, so they bring in a guy like Carlos Hyde that can – uh, clearly um, produced there at the running back position. Uh, they bring in some wide receiver competition here. Marvin Jones is definitely a competent player, as we've seen in his days with both the Bengals and the Lions. So that was also a good signing. Bringing in guys like Malcolm Brown, like Rayshon Jenkins, like Shaq Griffin. These are major uh, playmakers on the defense. So, um, yeah, I'm really liking what Jacksonville is doing in this rebuild. Yeah, same with me. All right, that's just sort of been our recap of some of the signings in the first week. If some other signings happen after uh, this podcast goes up, but we'll definitely cover them in next week's uh, Fanatics Football episode. But now I just want to move into our uh, top 12 uh, half PPR quarterback rankings for the 2021 fantasy football season. I know we talked wide receivers last week. Um, I just want to talk some quarterbacks this week. That's just giving our top 12. I know um, some of mine were sort of impacted by what teams did in free agency. And then a lot of mine just sort of stayed the same from where I thought quarterbacks were at. Um, definitely this top 12 is not final. This is just an early outlook. We'll definitely be uh, giving a more up-to-date lists, I guess, closer to the season. But I guess I just wanted to start 
uh, with you um, in your rankings, maybe giving your top three. Um, I just want to let you know that at number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. I'll explain why I have him there. And I have him in a separate tier by himself. Um, that's sort of the way I've ranked it. But I'll, I want to hear your thoughts on your top three and why you have them there. All right, sure. So I guess I decided to, I guess, be kind of different. And I put uh, Josh Allen first and Patrick Mahomes second. And I put Dak Prescott at um, third. The reason why I didn't put Patrick Mahomes at first wasn't because of his level of talent, but because the Chiefs are so good that I felt like um, there's a chance that they could not just clinch the playoffs, but clinch a bye again. And last year when they clinched um, a bye week, they ended up um, resting Patrick Mahomes just so that he could uh, stay fresh for the playoffs. And that kind of uh, dropped his total fantasy points. He could have been like maybe first or second, and then he ended up being fourth just because he missed one day. So I'm thinking like if they clinch a bye week again, there's a chance that he might end up being second. And I guess uh, Josh Allen, I put him first mainly because he was he was the number ranked uh, quarterback this past season. Um, his passing and his running is a pretty elite, I think. The only thing that I think is kind of concerning me is his uh, his runs. The runs that he takes is like pretty risky. Um, he ends up facing a lot of pressure at the line. So I think that's something that's um, kind of a concern for the Bills. But in terms of um, numbers, Josh Allen was throwing 4,544 yards. He had 37 uh, passing touchdowns. He had a 69.2% completion rating, but he did throw 10 interceptions, which is, again, kind of shows that I guess they need to improve their O-line a little bit. In terms of rushing, he got 102 attempts, 421 yards, and eight touchdowns, which is um, good. And he got one receiving touchdown, which I thought was interesting. I don't think that's going to be indicative of any of anything um i don't really expect receiving touchdowns from quarterbacks so i think just in general he has the potential to be number uh one again if i think patrick mahomes ends up resting for a couple of days just because they want want to keep him fresh for the playoffs um i guess just going into uh patrick mahomes we did talk about the o-line um the o-line's probably gonna be what kind of puts him over the top in terms of production. Um, last year, he did get 379.8 total fantasy points, and he was averaging about 25 fantasy points per game. Um, he had 40 total touchdowns, 38 in passing, two in rushing. So again, in terms of talent, in terms of talent, I think he's the best quarterback, but um. I think the the Chiefs resting him again, I think is gonna be what kind of makes him second because I think another reason was most of the quarterbacks that were in the top five, they played all 16 games. So if a quarterback rests even one game, that could kind of um, drop them a bit. And I guess Dak Prescott at third, 
Um, he was on pace to lead the league in fantasy points per game at 27.8 if he didn't get injured. Um, he uh, he is um, looking like he's on a road to a good recovery, according to some reports that I've seen. Um, I don't know how healthy he's going to be, so I thought um, if we just assume like maybe he's not at 100%, maybe he could get something close to 25 fantasy points per game, which would uh, tie him with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes last year. So um, that's my top three. All right. Um, yeah, the, that's a great top three. I have the same three in my top three, but I have them in a different order. Um, let me just get to it. I have Patrick Mahomes at number one. And I think the main reason I have him at number one, I know you mentioned about the whole rest thing, but um, regardless of whether they move to 17 games in a season or not, um, normally they would only rest him on the last week. And normally uh, week 17, we don't count a fantasy. So I'm not as worried as you are about it. I know some people might be worried, but I'm not as worried as you are. Um, the I guess the reason I have Patrick Mahomes at number one over uh, guys like Allen and Prescott is that um, I guess just his talent level um, just takes him above all of them, but not only his talent level, also his production the past three years, he's had, he's averaged at least 20 fantasy points um, per game over the course of all three seasons. So he's never been lower than 20 fantasy points per game in the past three years. Obviously the 2018 season, he won MVP. The 2019 season, he got hurt. He still averaged over 20 that year. And then he went out to win the Super Bowl. Then in this past year, the 2020 season, um, he averaged um, like a good number of of fantasy points as well. Um, I think he was like what? uh, Out of guys that played at least five games in the year, he was second to Dak Prescott um, in fantasy points per game. So he was just solid. Um, Also, the the thing with Patrick Mahomes, obviously um, he has that offensive core around him um, and and sort of that scheme that's just built around him. I feel like that... um, I guess just Patrick Mahomes just uh, is just perfectly set up for success there. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, um, in consistent uh, production uh, for fantasy, um, I just don't see anyone that is sort of a surefire um, guy that you can just throw in there and just forget about. I feel like that, okay, like Dak Prescott, I know we talked about the, in, you talked about the injury. I know with Josh Allen, um, I know you didn't mention, but uh, he had problems turning over the ball again this year. And that matters in fantasy. I can't rank him over Patrick Mahomes, a guy that rarely turns over the ball. I know he had that one bad game against the Dolphins, but I mean, everyone has bad games. Like let's not um, hit um, Mahomes over the head for that. Um in my opinion, he's clearly the best quarterback heading into fantasy. If you take him at number one, uh, you pretty much have no concern unless he happened to get hurt. But I mean, all players get hurt like that. That's a concern we should have for every player at this point. So um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Mahomes is the the best player um, in, in my eyes um, heading into the season uh, for quarterbacks. And um, I feel like he's just in a tier of his own. And then I guess just looking at my my next uh, couple quarterbacks, at number two, I actually have Dak Prescott. Um, I know you had him at number three because of injury concerns. Um, and I've seen other rankings. People have him like five, six, seven. 
maybe. I feel like that's still too low. The guy, he had the highest average of uh, fantasy points per game this year. Um, I know he only played five games. I know people will say, okay, over a season, he wouldn't have been able to keep that up. Okay, I understand where people are coming from. But I think he maybe would have dropped by one point, two point average over the season. I still feel like he could have kept up close to that production. So um, he definitely would have placed somewhere in the top three in my mind. So I think definitely going into next year, especially with the weapons he has around him, I can't stress that enough. Um, Prescott and Mahomes have like two of the best offenses you could ask for. Like um, I know for Mahomes, you got Kelsey, you got Tyree Kill, you got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Those are three big playmakers. And then of course they're going to put other pieces ar- around them as well. And then, Looking at Dallas, you got um, Ezekiel Elliott, you got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup, you got C.D. Lamb. Um, and, you know, we didn't even mention tight end, whether they have Blake Jarwin or they have someone else. I mean, he's got pieces around him. Um, Prescott's going to produce regardless. I mean, you got those kind of playmakers around you. It, I mean, uh, C.D. Lamb should continue to develop into a high-end receiver for that team. I just really see Prescott as having that path to becoming uh, the second best quarterback. And I feel like you're just getting good value. Obviously don't reach for him maybe where you would for Patrick Mahomes, but he's definitely uh, a guy I like there at the number two spot. I feel like if he's the quarterback going off the board after Patrick Mahomes, I feel like that that's sort of the right thing. And then looking at number three, I have Josh Allen. Uh, The reason I have Josh Allen over some of the other quarterbacks underneath him is because he can produce with not only his arm, but also his legs. I know um, rushing yards definitely account for some of the reasons why quarterbacks um, get high totals in fantasy. Uh, Rushing touchdowns also count for more than passing touchdowns. So that definitely improves uh, Josh Allen's case. Um, Of course, like I mentioned, turnovers have been an issue. They've been less of an issue for guys like Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So, which is the main reason why I have them above Josh Allen. I feel like you're not going to have to worry about turnovers as much with those two guys compared to Josh Allen. I think he had like six fumbles on the year. He had a few interceptions. Um, But like you said, Josh Allen was the highest scoring overall um, fantasy producer at the quarterback position this past year. I guess just depending uh, on uh, different formats that you look at. But yeah, I believe um, over... Um, a 16 week period, it was Kyler Murray. But then if you count that 17th week there, um, then Josh Allen did technically pass him. So um, he, Josh Allen technically was the highest scorer this year. But yeah, um, Allen's still another solid option. He definitely should be a number three. Um, him and Stefan Diggs had a great connection last year. He's got guys like Cole Beasley there. Emmanuel Sanders signed there. Now I know we didn't mention him in our signings, but we'll mention him now. He's got another target there. Um, but yeah, um, Josh Allen, like I said, he can produce with his legs. So that's another uh, good reason why I think that he's definitely a top three quarterback. Um, he's number three in my books, at least for now. Um, let me get to your next three. Sure. So I guess for four or five and six, I put uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, for Kyler Murray... Um, he did get 23.7 fantasy points per game, and his total was 390.74. And he did throw for 
3,971 yards. He got 26 passing touchdowns. He had a 67.2% completion rating. He did throw 12 interceptions, which is a little bit concerning, but I think he might throw uh, less this season. For rushing, he got 133 attempts, 819 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So, again, he he is another uh, very talented quarterback, in my opinion. Um, he did finish uh, second last season in, um, I guess, in terms of total points. But I, I don't think he's going to be over Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes. Or, or Josh Allen this season, but uh, he's still going to be in the top five, I think. So I decided to put him at fourth. And I put uh, Deshaun Watson at fifth. Um, he did finish fifth last season. Uh, he got 23.5 fantasy points per game, uh, 376.32 total fantasy points. I think it kind of depends on um, if Deshaun Watson is going to play all uh i guess all season i'm just kind of assuming that he is but if he ends up holding out he's probably not gonna be in the top in the top five um because in the top 12 yeah yeah you need to be there like every game in order for you to be in the top 12 pretty much so if he holds out he's not going to be in the top 12 but i'm just just assuming kind of like the best best case scenario for deshaun watson he should be at least around fifth uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, I put at sixth. Um, he did finish third last season, but uh, most of the elite quarterbacks, they can run and pass. Aaron Rodgers, I think he can run, just not like, not, not to the level of like the other guys. And he's, he's mostly a quarterback that likes to throw. I think he's the best in the league in terms of getting um, passing touchdowns. I think he got 48 passing touchdowns. Um, so I think uh, based on that, he shouldn't be any lower than sixth, in my opinion. And uh, Russell Wilson, actually, oh, that's seventh. So that's my that's my uh, four to six. Okay, so uh, I think you mentioned you had Kyler Murray at fourth. You had Deshaun Watson at fifth. And then you had Aaron Rodgers at sixth. Okay. Um, just looking at my next three, um, it's a little bit different than yours. I actually have Lamar Jackson up at fourth. And the reason I have Lamar Jackson at fourth is because um, not this past season, 2020, but in the 2019 season, he actually led um, in, in um, quarterback um, production uh, for fantasy. Um, and he was the MVP that year, obviously. Uh, he scored 421 fantasy points. Um, and he had an average of 28.11 uh, uh, fantasy points per game, which is just insane numbers. So when you take into account, like Josh Allen didn't even reach the, those numbers this year, uh, even though playing all 16 games, they even re- rested Lamar Jackson in week 17 and he put up those numbers. So um, just considering he has that high level talent that can really just put him over the top. I mean, this year, he didn't even play bad. He averaged like 22.79 fantasy points per game. Um, I mean, that's still pretty solid. It's not averaging the 28 that he put up two years ago. But, I mean, especially, I know he dealt with injury. Um, he dealt with all sorts of things uh, this season. And he still put up good numbers. I know that the whole team had COVID and everything. 
Um, he, I know he missed one of the games for that. Um, there was just a n- number of issues with the Ravens, but I feel like he can sort of get back to um, maybe not the MVP level he was at, but definitely, I guess, middle ground between this past season and I guess where he was uh, during his MVP season. So I feel like that he's definitely, he's not in that top, end tier where Patrick Mahomes is. I know people were ranking him there last year and understandably because he was the top scorer from the year before. But, and also I don't feel like he's where Prescott and Allen are in terms of his passing numbers, but I feel like on the ground, he's the best running back. Um, Like he had, um, I believe he had the third most touchdowns for uh, rushing for quarterbacks uh, behind Cam Newton and Kyler Murray. And um, yeah, he just, he just has that elite rushing upside that no running back has in this league. And we know rushing yards count for more than passing yards uh, when it comes to fantasy. So I definitely can't, I mean, I could maybe rank Lamar Jackson underneath the next guy I have, but I can't rank him any lower than that. In my opinion, I feel like that he's just, he should be drafted as a top five quarterback just because of having that upside to be the number one at the end of the year. And then I guess just moving into number five, I have Kyler Murray. I know you had him at fourth. I could have him at fourth as well. He's sort of in that range. He could, I could switch him with Lamar Jackson, I feel like. Um, but yeah, you mentioned 11 rushing touchdowns on the ground. That's second in the league. So you're putting up, a, he's putting up elite rushing totals, putting up great passing totals. You mentioned he was second in total fantasy points for uh, this past season. So just overall solid numbers for Kyler Murray. Um, adding AJ Green to that team just makes that team even more solid. Um, just makes him an even a bigger uh, passing threat as well. So, um, I mean, Kyler Murray, he's really looking like a top five quarterback heading into next season. Um, there's not really much I can say about that. Um, and then number six, you had Aaron Rodgers. I actually have Russell Wilson at number six. Um I'd say within the first four or five weeks of the season, he was right behind Dak Prescott in production. So he was like right there. Um, He was producing at an insane rate. I know he got dialed back later in the year. He did struggle later in the year. But I mean, assuming that Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, you have guys like DK Metcalf there, Tyler Lockett. Um, He's got guys there that he can throw the ball to we know Wilson what he can do on his legs um and I know definitely heading into this coming season he'll have a chip on his back on his shoulder and he'll just go into the season wanting to to prove that he's still the guy I know um everything that's been going on with him in, in Seattle was because um he believes that he's the guy and maybe Seattle is not fully um sold on um Russ wanting to cook so I mean, they could really unleash Russell Wilson this year. And I feel like just with the receiving core that he has, um, I know you ranked Deshaun Watson ahead of of Wilson. I feel like that Wilson has a better receiving core than Watson has. I mean, I know they signed a couple guys, but they were were just minor um, moves. I know Will Fuller hasn't signed uh, back with the Texans. Um, Brandon Cooks hasn't signed back with the Texans. I mean, right now, I don't even know who Watson's going to be passing to. There's no way I can put him in my top five or my top six until I know that there's there's some receivers there. I, I know he he definitely has a talent well, level to surpass Russell Wilson. He's younger as well. But I just didn't have faith putting him over Russell Wilson. And, and I guess for Aaron Rodgers, 
Um, you mentioned that elite rushing upside that he doesn't have. I mean, he can scramble, but scramble is not elite rushing upside. Those are two different things. Scrambling means getting three or four yards if you have to. Elite rushing upside is like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, um, Patrick Mahomes, maybe not as much. Definitely Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Those guys, they can rush. Kyler Murray as well, Cam Newton. Those are elite rushers at the quarterback position. Um, I just don't see um, Rodgers being that guy, but I will get to Rodgers in my rankings. But yeah, I have Russell Wilson at number six. Makes sense to me. I guess I'll go to number seven. I had Russell Wilson at seven. Uh, Like you said, he's potentially um, a top five. I could have replaced Deshaun Watson with him. Um, He did get 23 uh, fantasy points per game. Uh, I think the difference between um, him and Deshaun Watson was like 0.2 in fantasy points per game. So they were uh, really close. Really close. Um, he did finish uh, sixth last sixth last season. Um, I'm just thinking that uh, the NFC West is going to be like really stacked. So there is a chance that um, even even though he's going to play really really good, the defense is going to be kind of um, tough on him. So I'm just, I was just kind of like not sure about that, and then. Lamar Jackson, I guess I am a little bit low on him. Um, he did get uh, 22.2 fantasy points per game this season. He finished 10th last season, but he does have the potential to be top five. Um, he did get 1,005 um, rushing yards with seven uh, rushing touchdowns, which is really good. Um I do, I just didn't feel like he does he throws enough. Um he got 26 passing touchdowns and he threw for 2757 yards. I feel like um in order for him to be top 5 he would have to get at least 3000 um yards. So assuming he does get at least 3000 yards he probably will finish top 5, but we'll have to see about that. And uh, for number nine, I guess I put uh, Justin um, Herbert, uh, mostly just because he finished um, ninth for the last season. He did get 342.84 fantasy, total fantasy points this season. So, and he did throw for about 4,336 yards. So he's probably going to, be around the same level this year i think yeah um i guess just looking at my uh, rankings as well um like i mentioned um i have deshaun watson at seventh um the reason i have him a little bit lower than you is because i don't see him having like i mentioned that elite uh, core around him to sort of um pass to um uh, of course, they, they haven't really signed any major um, wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I'm just lowering my expectations on Watson. We also don't know how much he's going to play. That also plays into it a little bit. Um, and, I mean, these rankings are assuming that both Watson and Wilson play. 
all i don't think wilson there was a threat of him ever holding out i think watson's the only one that might have that issue but yeah i do have watson at seventh for that reason obviously he can't be lower than that because of his rushing upside because of just um his just uh his ability to just make plays. He led the league in, in passing yards this year as well. So obviously that's a stat you can't sleep on. So there's no way I can have him lower than seventh. If he had a elite core around him, I could probably bring him up into my top five, but that's where I have um, uh, Deshaun Watson. And then um, I guess just moving to number eight, I have Aaron Rodgers at number eight. And the reason I have him there. Um, this this seems to be sort of one tier for me, all the way from Lamar Jackson down to my number nine. I'll mention him, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is also in that tier because, like you said, he led the league in passing touchdowns with forty eight. Um, he was the league MVP this year. He had the third most fantasy points on the season. Um, he put up solid numbers, but then again, I could have put him in the top five, but then I remembered this is an MVP season. After an MVP season, usually players come down to sort of their regular pace. I know we saw that with Lamar Jackson last year. Um, Patrick Mahomes, not as much. He's putting up MVP-like numbers almost every season. So he's one of the exceptions to that. But most players, I mean, you looked in the past, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, guys that won MVP, they sort of regress the year after. I don't want to just assume that they're going to put up the same numbers because that's just not realistic. So definitely Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he could drop maybe to 40 touchdowns. Let's just say he drops eight touchdowns, drops some of his receiving production or sorry, his passing production. Um, and then um, it, it maybe throws a couple more interceptions because I know he was very good with not turning the ball over. So um, it is possible that Rogers does regress again. He's in his late thirties. Um, it, it would be understandable. I'm not, it's not a, a kick at Aaron Rodgers. It's just sort of just being understanding at his age, um, which is why I have him at eighth. Um, and then I guess this last guy in my tier that I can't rank lower than ninth, the, the, these top nine, I think are pretty much universal between us. And I think Justin Herbert, um, he is my ninth. Um, I, I feel like these top nine between you and me, like no matter what order we put them in, um, they're the same top nine. So at least we can agree on that. Um, the reason I have Justin Herbert there, obviously, um, offensive rookie of the year, he was solid for the chargers. Obviously, Keenan Allen was a big part of that. Um, he'll have Austin Eckler for a full season healthy. Um, I wanted to rank him a bit higher than ninth, but they have a new coaching staff. I don't know how they're going to utilize him. Um, he he can produce on the ground. If they use him more on the ground, he could move into the top five. So that's just one thing to note. He has the legs to do it. He has the arm to do it as well. We saw him slaying the ball last year. Um I saw his goal line rushes as well. So he can rush the ball into the end zone, which is crucial. Um, yeah, that, that's basically what puts Justin Herbert at ninth for me. Um, I could have had him higher, like I said, but we don't know the offense. Um, they talked to Austin Eckler. Uh, he said he doesn't know his role in the offense as of yet. Um, probably the same for Keenan Allen, guys like uh, Mike Williams, others. Um, I guess we'll just have to see how they want to plan out their offense with their, their new coaching staff. So I, I know we'll definitely have to look out for that. But I, I think that ninth is sort of, I guess, maybe the floor for Justin Herbert. Um, I think there is a possibility that he can get up higher than that. We just got to see how he's being used. But yeah, I'll get to you for your next three. 
So I guess my next three is uh, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, and uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, he did finish uh, eighth last season. Uh, he got 40 uh, passing touchdowns, and he threw for 4,633 yards. Um, he is another uh, quarterback who's you could consider him as the best passing quarterback in the league. And he has, again, the deepest uh, wide receiving, uh, I guess, core in the league, in my opinion, in the Tampa. Ta- the Tampa Bay is probably the deepest, deepest team in the league in that respect. Um, I'm just thinking, like like you said, the most of the uh, elite quarterbacks in terms of overall production uh, they can get a lot of rushing touchdowns and they can get passing touchdowns. Um, Tom Brady isn't really known for rushing. He's mostly a guy who likes to kind of stand in the pocket and break down defenses with his passing. So I'm just thinking um, if he ends up uh, play, playing that playing like he normally does, he should be um, probably 10th. I think that's going to be his, his lowest. I put uh, Ryan Tannehill at 11th. Um, he did, uh, I think he finished 7th, but I think he's going to be a little bit lower. Uh, he did throw for 3,817 yards, and he did uh, get 7 rushing touchdowns, but uh, the person who does most of the rushing is going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, the offense does... Uh, kind of go through Derrick Henry, I think. Uh, Ryan Ryan Tannehill, he is a, a really good quarterback, but uh, because he isn't like the the main guy on offense, I think he's gonna be a little bit behind the top nine. And I put Matthew Stafford at twelfth, I guess, just because of his potential. Um, he was really good, but. Uh, the Detroit team he was on wasn't kind of enough to kind of show his talent. And now he's going to the Rams, which were, uh, I guess, potentially a playoff level team. And I think this is just kind of the year for him to kind of show just how talented he is. So I decided to put him at number 12. All right. Yeah. Um, I really like your, your last three there, but I'm going to give my last three. Um, I know we talked about um, Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill have as having pretty much identical production last year. Um, but I think I know people will mention Ryan Tannehill has that rushing upside that Tom Brady doesn't, but let's remember uh, Tom Brady has Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. Great. We forgot about OJ Howard. He got injured last year. He's coming back. So he has, as many targets as you can count there. And then let's remember Ryan Tannehill lost John o. Smith in free agency, lost Corey Davis in free agency. So his passing target, the guys that he's going to be targeting in his passing have just gone down. So what was a very close comparison between the two? I feel like Tom Brady's definitely my number 10. He, and then Ryan Tannehill is 11th just because of his rushing upside. I feel like he probably wouldn't even be in my top 12 if he didn't have that rushing upside. If he was just strictly a passer like Tom Brady, I feel like that he wouldn't be in my top 12, but that rushing sort of elevates him to number 11. 
Um, you mentioned seven rushing touchdowns. That's very solid. Um, so I definitely can say that uh, Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, they're very close. In my opinion, you probably couldn't go wrong with either of the two as your starting quarterback. Let's just say you didn't take one of those higher end quarterbacks. You sort of waited. You can grab one of these two guys as your starter. And I don't think you'd be disappointed. Um, and then number 12, I just kind of went off the board. I uh, just looking at all of these uh, past catchers that the Patriots acquired. And then along with his rushing ability, I just put Cam Newton up here. I know that uh, not everything is solidified yet in New England. We don't know what Cam Newton's role is going to be, but this is just assuming that he is going to be the starting quarterback going into the season. Uh, let's remember that uh, Cam Newton was like putting up solid uh, production in fantasy. Um, I, I believe his first four games of the season, this was before he got COVID-19. Um, he was just putting up insane numbers. Uh, let me just take a look here. Yeah, he was in the top seven quarterbacks in fantasy points before he got COVID. So let's just say he didn't get COVID-19. It is possible he would have finished inside the top 12. Remember, over the season, he led the league with 12 rushing touchdowns. He was third in rushing yards among quarterbacks. Um, I know the passing production wasn't where people wanted it. He only had eight passing touchdowns. Um, and he he didn't throw for many passing yards, but... Uh, let's remember he didn't have uh, the receivers to do it. I know Edelman was injured most of the year. He was throwing to guys like Demir Bird, Nikhil Harry, uh, Jacoby Myers. I mean, he didn't even have a proper tight end. Um, but just looking at some of his receiving core now, looks like he's going to be getting Julian Edelman back from all, all signs. Um, Jacoby Myers has really developed well. Um, they signed Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar at the receiver position. And then they signed both Hunter Henry and John U. Smith at the tight end position. I mean, he's got loads of targets now. We know he can produce on the ground. And if he can just add that air production, he's he's a no-brainer top 12, might even be a top 10. And if he has a, a solid year, could even be a top five with his rushing ability. So I don't want to sleep on him. People are sleeping on him. I've seen him outside the top 30 on people's rankings. It's just ridiculous at this point. Cam Newton, in my mind, is borderline top 12. I'm going to put him in my top 12, maybe because I'm a Patriots fan, maybe because I'm an optimist, but uh, I want to see Cam Newton produce this year with all these weapons. Yeah, I think um, Cam Newton, he shouldn't be anywhere outside the top 15, in my opinion. Um, he he is um, an elite quarterback, in my opinion. He he is um, on the Patriots as well. Uh, Bill Belichick is a is a good coach, and like you said, they're getting uh, more wide receivers. So, I would say in terms of potential, he shouldn't be any lower than fifteenth. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I know some people might be nervous in investing him as their number one quarterback. Fine, that's okay. If you take a guy like Tom Brady. Um, maybe you pair him with a guy like Cam Newton. Maybe you have that solid producer in Tom Brady. Then you sort of add as your backup a, a guy with uh, elite upside in terms of rushing like Cam Newton. So let's just say Cam Newton really has a breakout year. Then you have a solid backup in Tom Brady. So, you know, it, it seems like that might be a logical thing if you don't feel like Cam Newton is in the top 12. Maybe even pair him with a guy like Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford would be like my 13th or 14th quarterback um, just based off his stats, based on the weapons he has around him. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higbee, 
I know Everett did leave, but they got Van Jefferson coming up. I believe Josh Reynolds is still there. So, I mean, they got guys. They got playmakers. He'll be throwing to Cam Akers, obviously. So, Stafford's got weapons there as well. Can't sleep on him. Obviously, I have Cam Newton higher because of the rushing upside. We already know this. But Stafford, with his arm, I don't think we can sleep on him either. Yeah, that's for sure. I I feel like there's going to be a lot of um, good quarterbacks. So, I think... This is a position where it's like if you don't um, draft the highest uh, ranked quarterback, it's not really the end. It's not going to be the end of your season. You're not going to lose at the draft just because you didn't necessarily draft Patrick Mahomes first. So if you, for example, get someone like Lamar Jackson or you get Justin Herbert, you're still in, you still have a chance to kind of uh, win, I think. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, there are guys that have elite upside. I know I didn't even mention Jalen Hurts. Um, I believe that he was in the top 10 in production um, last year when he came in as the starter. The thing is, I just don't know about the weapons around him. I don't know how they're going to use him in the offense, so I couldn't put him in my top 12, but he definitely has top 10 upside. He has that elite rushing ability, similar to that of Cam Newton. I saw some traits in him that were very similar to Cam Newton. So I, I really like the the way uh, uh, J- Jalen Hurts is developing in Philly. I mean, we didn't mention Joe Burrow. I know he dealt with an injury, so I, that kind of lowered him for me. We don't know when he's going to start the season. I mean, all signs are pointing to him starting, but we don't know for sure. Um, and then I guess just more pure passers. We got Matt Ryan outside the the top 15 in my eyes. We got Kirk Cousins. We got Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're solid passers, but I think that they're, they're good backups for you in, in fantasy. I know Baker was producing at a high level. If he can sort of get there, yeah, he could move into the top 12. But until we see that elite rushing upside, we haven't seen that from Baker as of yet. There's no reason for me to sort of move him into my top 12 or 15 quarterbacks. Yeah, I think for Baker, he does roll out, but he's not really a quarterback with the kind of like speed. Um, he will try to do his do his best to try to like get as far as he can, try to get as close to the first down mark. But um, he's better as a passer, in my opinion. So I think that's going to be one of the things that's that limits him a bit. I think he should uh, do better this. This season, I think he did throw for about 3,500 yards, something like that. Um, he should get something um, similar, if not uh, better, uh, especially when you take into account that uh, last year was the first year that they had with Coach Stefanski. Um, they did have a rough, rough start in the first half of the season, but in the second half of the season, they played really well. Um I kind of, I guess it also kind of depends on, I guess the weather in Cleveland a little bit. Last year they had, um, they had a, like really heavy rain that affected co- the quarterbacks on on both ends, not just uh, Baker Mayfield. So there might be a day where he kind of kind of takes, I guess, a dip in production. But I think overall he is, um, I guess. I've seen him, um, I guess, ranked at 17th. That is pretty accurate. I guess I'd put him at like 16th personally, but yeah, I think he's a quarterback that, like you said, he's a good um, a backup quarterback and he, he will have um, weeks where he'll do really well. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like uh, when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, <clears throat> I know last year most teams had two quarterbacks because of injuries. <clears throat> I know normally that um, uh, some teams will just take one quarterback and just roll with them and then maybe play the waiver on the on the bye week. But I think it just depends on your league. I know a lot of leagues I play in, people do take two quarterbacks. They want to have that insurance uh, guy. So I think if you're taking one of those like maybe top nine quarterbacks that are like surefire guys, then maybe as a backup, you take more of like a pure passer. You take like a Matt Ryan, you take like a Kirk Cousins, a Baker Mayfield. But then if you're sort of taking one of those like more pure passers near the beginning, like maybe a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, um, guys like that, that don't really have that elite rushing upside, maybe as your backup, you take a flyer on someone with like, uh, high upside in terms of rushing maybe you dig into the bag you grab like Carson Wentz I know Wentz has had elite rushing upside in his past years um, Daniel Jones is another guy maybe you dig even further you grab like Tua Tagovailoa maybe even go after Trevor Lawrence maybe he might have a breakout year if he gets drafted by the Jags so I guess um, like I know from his college uh tape uh, Trevor Lawrence does have elite rushing upside so he's definitely someone to look at and if Taysom Hill's the starter he's another guy elite rushing upside I know he was putting up top 12 production when he was in as starting quarterback for the Saints so there's all of these guys uh, here you even got Ben Roethlisberger here I mean he what, what did he throw for like how many how many yards like over 500 yards in that playoff game against Cleveland something like that like he he can sling the ball like with, there's no doubt about it I mean and then there's sort of the waiver wire guys here you got guys like Jimmy Grapple you got Teddy Bridgewater um, Drew Locke Mitch Trubisky I mean there, there's all sorts of guys of course Andy Dalton just recently signed so uh, we got a whole leap of guys here um, but yeah that's sort of just our top 12s um, we can't really go a lot further than that with a lot of certainty because we just don't know how everything's going to shape out for each team yeah, there's still, I guess, um, some free agency and some kind of like coaching things that we kind of have to see before we know for sure. I feel like there's just still too many variables when it comes to pass catchers, uh, when it comes to just, I guess, the overall composition of teams, the way they're going to look heading into the season. Um, we, we don't know who's going to be where still. I mean, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Kenny Galladay haven't even signed as we, as we're recording this. So, I think that there's definitely um, so there's definitely a waiting game for that. But yeah, um, at least we could sort of talk about where our top twelve kind of is. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's going to be the end of the Fanatics football episode for this week, presented by the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week for another Fanatics football episode. And then later this week for an everything NHL episode. And until next time, um, thanks again, Nate. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.